You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. What's up, everyone? Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm your host, Ajit. And today I have a very, very special guest. Uh, his name is Mr. KP Unni Krishnan. Uh, of course, fondly people call him Unni, and he is a very well-known face uh, when it comes to the APAC or the global leaders in marketing. It's going to be very exciting to have a conversation with him, and we have a great topic to cover today. So let me give a quick brief about Mr. Unni. So Unni is a business executive with two decades of experience, you know, across marketing, enterprise technology, and sales and partnerships. I would say. Uh, he is a senior leader uh, where he had roles in very high growth marketing environments, uh, working with multi-billion dollar organization. And also he has an experience with early stage companies and business. Uh, Uni is also an APAC. Uh, he's also on the APAC advisory board of CMO Council. And he's an immediate past chairman of the cloud computing chapter, uh, of course, for Singaporean for Telecom Federation. So I'm going to have an interesting conversation. So stay tuned and let me welcome him to the show. Welcome to the show, Unni. How are you doing today? Very well. Thank you very much, Ajit. And really appreciate you having me on the show. I hope I can bring value to, to your audiences with your questions and insights that you would want me to touch upon. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we you know, get into or get dived into our topic, uh, let me set up the context of the today's discussion. So today, if we look at the intricacies of globalization, uh, there's a constant competitive shift that has been happening. And there's an increased volatility into a corporate posture, both in domestic and global markets. And today, I'm glad I'm going to talk with you about the very interesting topic, which, of course, when we were talking, I was excited at that time. It's called global strategy and local adoption. So uh, before we deep dive, I would really ask one quick question for you is if you could just walk your journey so far, how does it feel and what is all about happening? So and then we can just get into our, uh, you know, the topic that we had decided. Sure. Um, thanks, Ajit. So, yeah, as, as you rightly put, uh, I've got over two decades of uh, you know, experience of, of sales, marketing channels um, and alliances. Uh, I started my career as a sales rep uh, in a computer firm. Uh, and and uh, ironically, I come with a mechanical engineering background. So you can imagine that's how diverse it gets, right? Somebody who used to love, you know, taking apart a car or a motorbike, I start my job selling computers. <laughs> but I can't complain because, you know, it was it was a great learning curve for me. Uh, you know, and and high tech is is the world to be in. And over the last couple of years, actually last many years, I've had the experience and the exposure to work in high-tech companies, technology companies, cutting-edge technologies, and and companies which started small and then went on to become leaders in their own right. And I've been very fortunate to be associated and have grown with a couple of those organizations all throughout my career. So that's a little bit of a background about me, Ajit. Yeah, that sounds good. And also, I, I should not forget, if you remember, uh, we had spoken about this, you also love something which is cycling and yoga. So I'm going to take some cycling tips post this show. So 
uh, all years to everybody if you anybody wants to know he's he's a great sports uh, sports enthusiast too along with it so let's dig into our topic uh, uh, funnel systems have changed you know and so are the strategies behind them so what's your take on it yeah as as we spoke ajit i think if you you know forward to where we are today over the last couple of years many years back the funnel system would be you spend a lot of time uh, as a as a customer uh, you know talking to the sales organization and there was a minimal or a smaller part of the setup where you would have marketed to that audience because a big chunk of it was actually the customer interaction and the face to face conversations that would kind of lead to closing closing of a deal things have changed today you pick up any of the large marketing consulting organizations or any of these reports uh, the majority of the time the customers are already kind of decided before he or she picks up the phone and talks to the uh, talks to your sales reps uh, so which also means you've got that window of that 60 70% of the time to really make an impression with your brand with your you know your messaging with your value proposition so that the customer is kind of on a fence or almost decided and the last mile is really having a chat with the sales rep to take that you know that interest level all the way into closure so i define it as as what all of us would agree is really identifying the customer's buying journey and for us in marketing to be touching it at every given point of time and nudging it to a stage where the buyer is pretty much decided on buying from you and i would say that is the criticality of where marketing comes in and it also puts a lot of onus on us in terms of everything that we build in terms of our brand our you know our messaging the value proposition that we want to bring in the story that we are building because as marketers it's really about creating that story uh, to to get the customer to decide for you absolutely i think that's a great point you made and i i love that buying journey and uh, you know when you speak about the story building so that comes to a second question where i would really like to understand you know uh, again this is a thought which is straight away coming from you when we was having a pre interview conversation about the podcast so you said sales think marketing is a vitamin so what are your really thoughts and i'm sure it's aligned to this so i would i would let you speak about more about it Yeah I'm I'm a strong believer of you know sales and marketing need to be working hands in hands together I would dread to be part of any organization where marketing goes on its own tangent and sales goes off on its own tangent because that really doesn't bring in a win-win situation for the organization uh which is why I I you know I and to be in all transparency I I read it somewhere on the net where you know sales should perceive marketing as vitamins uh they could still continue leading their life but if they are using the vitamins or marketing this is where you get your performance booster and that's how organizations need to look at both these functions together just to go back to the earlier part and it kind of ties in with the whole storytelling conversation because one is uh, you know where i would i would kind of split that storytelling into three components it's about what is the message and the excitement that you build with your customers two and this is where the vitamin part of the vitamin comes in it's how do you create the same level of excitement with your internal stakeholders and your sales organization so they are kind of able to articulate and get the same level of messaging if not more out into the market and thirdly in many of the businesses where it is a partner driven or a channel driven organization 
how do you kind of enable that partner to be equally excited and equally, you know, enabled and educated to be able to articulate that? So this, I would say, starts the foundation of how you build this engine with the sales teams uh, to kind of start selling. You know, your messages are critical. Where they are being targeted is going to be telling you how that's working and how effective they are. Uh, you know, obviously, content marketing is going to be playing a very key role over here. And I'm also a very strong believer that, you know, focus messaging and branding. It's not about the hardcore selling because for the hardcore selling, you have, you know, the sales organizations coming in because you've got to still take that a little bit of a thought leadership, higher, uh, you know, uh, approach uh, to be able to convince the audience and the prospective buyer uh, so that he or she doesn't feel overtly sold on right at the initial set of interactions uh, they would be having with your brand. Okay. And and just to kind of wrap this up and, and I'm going forward to where we are today as an industry, as an organizations, you know, we've also got to understand that the world is evolving. And again, this is how storytelling again plays a critical component because you cannot talk about the same story that you would talk about 20 years back and still assume the customers are going to get excited about it. You know, things have changed, challenges have changed, business requirements have changed. How has your story evolved and how has that brought in front of, of customers? And lastly, to you know what Ajit, you and I discussed, it needs to be a global strategy especially if you're working with large or, or global multinationals, but it needs to be adapted locally. What is in it for me if I am in Singapore or Vietnam or Cambodia or in India? How does that story affect me in that market is where you encompass or, or package the whole thing together? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's three summarization if you really made it really well about it. One is the messaging, basically. Uh, sales needs to do, how does sales can use it as a vitamin, use marketing as a vitamin, basically. And you spoke about also the internal, external, you know, which is very, very critical aspect when it comes to uh, this kind of functioning, basically. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the partner driven, which is very prominent in the APAC region or the EMEA region. I would say, but APAC definitely is a partner driven community and there's a lot to play a role in it. That's a great point, basically. So moving on, I think the next question I would have for you is, uh, while we speak about this, how important is narrative strategy when it comes to global versus localization? I would say very important, Ajit. And again, you know, it, it ties back to what, what I said in my earlier statement. Um, you know, to think about how the industry and technologies are evolving. Uh, gone are the days, and I remember you know a couple of decades back when I had started selling, and we would launch a new technology or a new product, and the reaction in this part of the world is, okay, this looks good, but tell me what other customers in the U.S. or in Europe are doing, and then only would I want to kind of implement that over here because we were talking about new new you know technologies coming into play. Where are we today? Honestly, it doesn't matter what the world is using. You as a company you as a as an uh, you know a technology provider are you solving my problem are you making me competitive are you making me you know work working with me to get my people more productive so that my business is going to get successful so 
that is where the narrative becomes very important because it's not about hey you know this is how global federal governments have been using uh, this company or this technology yeah sure but how does that apply to japan right how does that map to something that i might need in malaysia right so there it becomes very critical and again marketers play a very important role in the space because you are the subject matter expert or you are the cmo of your own patch right you could be the marketing leader in malaysia but the way i like to look at you is you are the cmo of malaysia you know what the customer needs you know what are the local dynamics how do you take these narrative and morph it or adapt it to what the malaysian customer needs and that's where it becomes super important and frankly i would i would also see i have seen organizations fail when they take a larger global you know one region western centric message and try to push that down into countries where it just doesn't make sense right and uh, and, and and i think this is where the the maturity the competency and the experience of the marketing leaders in those markets make that big difference yeah that's that's a great point because uh, uh, many a times we always tend to do push the global strategies down even it is a narrative because narrative strategy is an evolving stage it's going beyond the content strategy that used to be before basically so it's really important as you rightly said if it is specific to country specific to a region it is important to apply those in the way that customer could understand wow that's that good one yeah but also don't get me wrong ajit because i i also have yeah. to be you know careful about your audiences who are working in you know multinational companies we are not asking them to suddenly rip apart what that you know their global company is saying absolutely not i mean it is which is why it's important there is there is a global mandate there's a global tonality there's a global messaging there's all of those things which are required and i keep on reiterating the word it's about adapting it right how do you make it palatable to your local customer without radically sounding different because again the analogy that i would use with as a marketer is if i am traveling to any part of the world and i'm seeing a communication or i'm attending an event or listening to a webinar it should look as the same organization right but it could get adapted to the local countries obviously with you know local languages and stuff like that but it should not look as three different companies because then you as a marketer have failed because then you've gone and created your own little renegade setup uh, which is not to what the larger organization would require or need sounds sounds like a great point that you just made so uh let's move on to next then how i think it's all related so how do you think an adoption with change, so how how to make an adoption with this changing sales enablement see um <clears throat> there are there are a couple of ways to do that and and again you know we i can go into ours to talk about this ajit but if if i were to look at two or three key areas that we have to do one is understanding the customer okay uh understanding his business problem and challenges that he or she are facing today and how do you kind of as a marketer adapt to that two understanding and working shoulder to shoulder with your sales team because they own the relationships they own the customer intimacy so what is it that you need to do to help the sales teams to be able to you know close the deal build the deal and close the deal and thirdly as marketers again for 
you would agree with me when I say marketing and when we all say marketing, it also means you're growing the market, right? It's not about one ad. It's not about one, you know, one newsletter that you're going to throw out. It's about creating a market for the prospective customer to be aligned to your products, your technologies, your value proposition, and then bringing it back to be able to have your sales teams be the conduit to be able to make that happen. So these would be, I would say, three key areas of how a marketeer needs to work together. Okay, But he and she ha also has to understand that you're building for the future. Okay, And this becomes another important angle. You know, as a marketeer, you impact a part of the funnel to a part of the closure for that quarter. And it would vary. I mean, that percentage would vary depending on the industry, the technology, the product, whatever you're selling. Uh, but I would always say as a marketeer, we always impact the next quarter and the following quarter. So which leads to, you know, not only are you growing the market for the future, but you're also creating the funnel for the next subsequent quarters. And this is where that alignment with the sales organization is critical because you would probably hear this. Sometimes sales guys might say, you know what, I, I have the pipeline for the quarter. Yeah, sure. Are you going to be in this company only for one quarter? Do okay. you want to be selling next quarter? So this is where, again, you know, working in tandem with marketing to keep a rolling pipeline and creating that opportunity are going to be so critical. Makes sense. Makes sense. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so do you recommend any framework? Uh, if I look at the overall marketing stack uh, automation that's been in news today or people really talk passionately about it and the way things have been changing, we saw the last year, uh, how things have, you know, uh, affected us in many ways. So what do you think about this whole automation and marketing stack? And do you follow any framework for a suggestion to our audience? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take a I'll take a step back. And, and since you brought out automation, you know, uh, we've all talking about digital transformation. Right. I mean, that's what industry is moving on to. And a lot of organizations are sometimes even using it as a buzzword. But, you know, where I also would add and jump to that would basically by saying that we as CMOs or marketing leaders are actually leading that digital transformation. And, and that's again, that's that's so imperative because while customers are in the center of the digital transformation, we in marketing are creating the bridge. And how are we doing that? It's really about the marketing technologies being invested, right? Artificial intelligence, machine learning, you know, customer insights, data-driven marketing, looking at new tools and looking at new ways to market, et cetera, et cetera, are all critical when it comes to the whole digital transformation or automation and marketing. Because, you know, marketing has also become such a specialized course where you now have specialists within the marketing organization who provide you with all those insights, who provide you with all those tools, right? It is about, hey, if there's somebody who's surfing on your web, how do you kind of capture that and create that, you know, targeted campaigns by which eventually you move it down the prospect buying journey with the nurture to kind of come in and align it. Okay, so that's, that's one component. The other important component is the hyperconnectivity. Okay, because what's also happening is responses need to be real time because that's how fast the world is moving. You can't, you can't have 
an example of of you know a situation happening and you responding that situation after a couple of weeks because by that time either the customers have already gone ahead or your competitors have already gone ahead on top of that so again in the way you kind of adapt the consumer changing pattern the consumer behavior all of those things are important so with that as a as a as a foundation is how you start looking at building your framework what's the data that you have what is the marketing engine that you will build taking into account that data how do you measure success taking that into account how do you look at various parts of your or buying journey how do you look at various personas in which you're going to be targeted right targeting uh, how do you look at uh, what is your long term nurture campaign to what is your tactical short term returns coming in so it should be a combination of all of the above when you build the framework for marketing now it would change depending as i said on earlier on as depending on the organizations industries products etc but if i were to look at it at a macro sense uh, these would be the areas that a marketer should take into account while building the framework and and last but not least uh, the important part is sales needs to be part of the whole thing right if you go build your marketing framework in in total isolation and in silo and try to force fit that into a sales organization that's not going to succeed right uh, they they should know that this is being built for them for their success because their success is your success and their failure is your failure so oh, that's a great valid point you just made i i appreciate that thank you so much uh well i think you also spoke something about insights and i think that's an interesting topic along with where we speak about you know uh, marketing stack or an automation so uh today there are various data and insights available if i look at it so as you being an industry leader so what has really worked for you when you when you speak about data and insights for you you know it's it's fundamental ajit it's no the no thy customer it starts there or no thy prospect it starts there right so one is you know and 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 insights and data can be sliced and diced in multiple ways but i'm also a strong believer that you know too much of data and and analysis should not lead to paralysis okay because i've i've heard some of those stories also where organizations and people go into a lot of analysis analysis and they kind of you know miss the boat right so you you've got to be fleet footed you need to have a data you got an inside level initiative that should be running in parallel but it should not be one or the other okay so it's about knowing what your customer needs it's about knowing where your customers are it's about knowing how those customers are you know where is the decision buying journey etc etc it's about understanding okay this is what my target customers are but how do i reach them right which are the type of partners that i need to go after which are the type of resellers that i need to go after then it's about also you know if i were to give a very tactical example you know ab testing in terms of identifying what what works what doesn't work in terms of your messaging all of those things need to be taken into account while building your insight level marketing because uh you know peanut buttering is is going to help you to a little level right it's not going to help you fill the funnel 
And and I've heard some stories where people say, you know what, let's pray and let's pray and whatever comes will help. You know what, it might help in some segments and in some areas, but that cannot be a consistent approach to success, right? And uh, it's also about having, uh, you know, business conversation with your stakeholders, you know, and I hope I don't sound, you know, uh, rude or arrogant, but, you know, bullshit walks, data talks. Right. So when you're going to be sitting with your stakeholder and you're going to have a conversation about why this is your marketing campaign or this is your marketing strategy based on data, which you got from the various insights, nobody can argue around that. Awesome. Okay? And, yeah. and the last part of data, again, you know, sometimes in some organizations and some roles, it becomes very tough to measure. And I respect that, right? I mean, you know, sometimes I've spoken to people who have said, you know, for them, it's about the number of touches. It's about the number of marketing qualified leads. And I'm a strong believer of saying, you know, all that is good, but what are you truly worth? How are you impacting the company's business? What's the pipeline you're generating? What's the kind of deal closure you're enabling? And sometimes it's not easy to manage that. But if you have the right way or the process to be able to track it and show your value, or more importantly, show your work's value, I think that is what is going to be successful for you as well as the organization. Perfect, perfect. I think this was great insights. And I think one one last question I definitely would love to ask, and I, I'm sure you it's very close to your heart too. So people and celebration, I know we spoke about this too. So how important it makes a part of when you, when you speak about digital transformation in marketing? I would say all that I said would fail if you don't have the right people. How true. Okay. And, and I'm a strong believer of, of you know, hiring people, the best people, hiring people even better than you, empowering them and getting out of their way. Okay, and I've been touch wood, I've been pretty fortunate of having a lot of people in the organizations and the teams that I have led to have been able to kind of really do that. Now, if I were to kind of, you know, expand on to that, there are multiple angles behind it. One is consider your employees as your brand ambassadors on everything that you do with them because they personify who you are as a brand, who you are as a, you are as a culture to the external world create the passion for them to make things happen because again you know as you are growing as you're evolving as the industry is changing there are things that you may not have a straightforward way or a straightforward answer to do that right because you could face a scenario or a business challenge which the company or the world may not have seen but if you have that passion to get things done and work with with your stakeholders to succeed that's an automatic uh, recipe for for success the other thing that i always bring in is is the optimism right and sometimes you might say you're an optimistic fool but i strongly believe that's your recipe again for success because again i'm a strong believer and i've read this again so it's 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 not 100% my word so believe, bear with me on that there's no such thing as you know wins and losses there are wins and lessons, right? You pick up some, you don't pick up some, but you learn. And that's what makes you stronger. Okay. And then a couple of other things, right? I mean, as, as you look at people, celebration, you know, success, 
uh, you know, celebrating those small things in life which make that individual so proud of what that person has done goes a long way in the organization, right? The collaborative piece, the alignment piece, encourage that. Because again, that's so important. Because what happens sometimes is people don't realize this. Uh, it's pretty lonely out there, depending on what role, what function, which city, which country you are in. Okay, and in unfortunately, fortunately, in a COVID world, it's become even more lonely for for a lot of individuals. So, in that kind of an environment, how do you, as a manager, go that extra mile to create that collaborative environment, to create that alignment? are so 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 important so i would say these are critical pieces of of what we should see and if i have one minute more or maybe two minutes more uh, if i were to <laughs> if no, i were to look at yeah I, I would actually we can go on because i would really love to know more about this yeah but definitely Sorry. sure thanks ajit so uh again if i were to look at people how they should be they should be you know adapting uh Individuals who are empowered to take bold steps, you know, take the risk. It's okay. And as organizations and as leaders and, you know, cultures, we should encourage that. Don't, don't penalize somebody for failing, right? Penalize somebody for not doing something, right? Or you can reprimand that person for maybe failing three times in a row, which basically means that individual hasn't learned but never penalize somebody for taking bold steps or failing, right? Uh, creativity is so important. And I would expand creativity into disruption, right? You've, your disruptive approach can create such a big impact. And I go back to one of the organizations that I worked for. It was a small company at that time. But we used to go so aggressive with our creative and disruptive campaigns. We were creating so much of a noise that even the top three players at that given point of time were noticing us, right? And for me, that's free branding. Absolutely. Correct? Yeah. Um, thinking outside the box, you know, data-driven, as I said, uh, you know, investing in the team is so, so important, enablement, training, all of those things. And, and last but not the least, all of these things, including the people part, come home to measurement and impact right end of the day if you're not able to articulate the business impact that you're bringing into the organization uh, there's something wrong in the way you're doing it and you have to go that extra mile and i get it some organizations may measure it in this way some companies may not measure it and third companies might measure it totally different but doesn't matter and i always use an example of an of an ad agency who used to work for me you know many many years back uh, it's not about the best creative ad. It's not about the lovely looking thing and the number of reaches and the impressions and all of those things. Two weeks into the campaign, they would haunt me to know how's the lead flow happening? How's the pipeline getting created? How's the booking happening? Right? They would go that extra mile to get that because for them, that's the value they were bringing in. The creativity and the ad campaigns, you know what? That's my job. Any exactly. ad campaign, ad, ad companies can do that. But the impact of that is what I am differentiating myself. And you as my customer, please let me know how you can do that. So if an ad company could think on those lines, I want every marketeer to be thinking on those lines. 
Awesome. This is great. And I think it's two things which I would definitely like to take uh, from here or summarize is I like that statement, which is wins and lessons, of course. That's a very, very powerful statement, I would say. And I think we all marketeer and the sales folks are always a creative guys. So creative is equal to being disruptive. I think that's another great thought to take from here because if we are able to do that, I think we stand a better chance against anybody. And as you rightly quoted an example uh, about your earlier organization, great to know. So I think this is so nice. I, I can I, I would love to continue this conversation, but okay, because of the restrictions of the platform or we, yep. we can always do a second round to this, I would really like to jump on. Uh, any last parting thoughts or any shout outs that you would like to give uh, to our audiences, basically? Um, I, I think the, the important piece is, you know, people in marketing, it, it's it's maybe coming as a little bit of a advice based on, you know, my experiences is look at the larger picture, right? Be do not live in your little silo of what your function is because the moment you start looking at the larger picture, you understand the business and you think professional. So that's, I would say, a very, very critical component of what, what people should be doing. And you know, I think that would be something that I'll really close on. You know, my shout out, and I think this is very timely with International Women's Day. You know, my shout out is to to every single individual out there. And I just posted this, you know, to to you know my colleagues, my bosses ex-bosses my peers my teammates my family those awesome women over there who've made such a big difference to my life and i'm pretty sure to a lot of people's life uh, this is a big call out to them because you know they have achieved and and done a lot more to you know to make an impact uh, than what people can even fathom and in a COVID time is a great example of, you know, and I've heard stories about how people have juggled lives, people have juggled struggling situations, you know, kids have not gone to school, small little kids at home and, and, and still coming on, maybe not on a video Zoom sometimes, but still coming on calls with a positive attitude. You know, for me, that's all I can say is salute. And, and uh, these, these, this, extraordinary individuals and these women have made such a big difference over the last one year sounds like a great thought that you just shared with us so thank you so much Gunni. today i definitely enjoyed this whole conversation and we're going to continue this furthermore uh is there a way that people could connect with you i think is linkedin could be a great platform that they could connect back with you Okay, sounds good. So we'll, we'll drop a note. We'll, there will be a link for him to connect. And uh, we, anybody who wants to understand more about what he just spoke or you want to know more about anything, he's a great mentor. I always look forward to him. So no doubt about it. So we can feel free to connect with him. Uh, thank you so much for being on our show. I really enjoyed once again. And, you know, you take care of yourself and everybody out there who's listening to us, stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ajit. Thanks once again. And, and again, thanks to the to the listeners over there. I hope they found this useful and fruitful. And stay safe, stay positive. And if you're in marketing, continue making that impact. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.